What we do here is go back, 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 back. Hey, hello, hi, how are you? Welcome to this podcast is delicious. The barbecue edition, one of our probably many barbecue editions. Marco Timpano, you sit there shy and recluse in the corner. Come on, say hello to the people. I, I'm trying to wait for you to give me the moment. Ali Hassan over there just charging a storm. Too excited. Uh, there, was, there was not going to be a moment. I apologize. I um, I like to start. Yeah, I don't know. I want everybody on board. Sometimes, you you know, in, in improv, they say don't, don't the room... Don't start with the house on fire, otherwise you got nowhere to go. And I agree with that in improv. Build. Let the let the let the whole thing build. Let the scene build into something. But with this show, the house is on fire, buddy. It's Listen, barbecue edition. I live my improv by starting at where the action is. I don't <laughs> I don't build up to it. I start there, I bring it to you. That's it. You don't have to wait for it. It's not a it's not a short limitation. We're there. Bam. Boom. Yeah. And that is also why you are regarded as one of the worst improvisers in the city of Toronto. But that again is a story for another time. Perhaps. Fair enough. Fair a enough. A story that I also just made up off the top of my head. But I like it. I like the way it sounds. Sure. Sure. Um, well, listen. You know, you did mention that we have had barbecue episodes, but not like this barbecue episode we're going to have today. Because we talked a lot about like how like grilling and, and and what what you should marinate when you put things on the grill but let's talk about the barbecue experience as a whole you're Absolutely. invited to a barbecue you're having people over for a barbecue the do's the don'ts the whole shebang yeah, absolutely. So I've got you want to you want to kick this off. I've got I've got one mantra, and I will I, okay. I would like to get to that. Sure. But I would like to again build to it. You know, in the improv tradition, build, build. Okay. Um, it I, I you know what I just called it a mantra. I made it more than it is, but I have one uh one what I consider clever approach. Now the one thing we have to say, Marco, is we have listeners uh, at various degrees of barbecuing. Right, we have listeners who barbecue barbecue year round. Sure, we have sure they uh, do. listeners who started in April. We have listeners who, you know, it's almost June. It's in June, and they're just starting to break out their barbecue. Right, uh, climate is different. You know, uh, produce you're getting is different. You know, your your particular tastes are different. So, uh, we'll try to address that as much as we can. But in general. I am talking to the person who's given a little bit of a break to their barbecuing and is now coming back to it. In general, that's what I'm talking about. But I got something for everybody. That's what I do. I always got a something for the everybody, you know? I've got a right. bunch of barbecue tips as well. I've got 10 yeah. tips if you're barbecuing, if you're having a people over. 10. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, listen, okay. you know, I did a little bit of research. I, I I scratched my noggin, came up with a few things. I just want to see if you agree or disagree with my 10 tips. Yeah. Should I just yell no in your face every well, time you, I disagree or how should we do this? You're going to do that anyway. So like That's you, you, you go yes, wild, my friend, you go wild, but no. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if you want me to start, if you want to go, but I'm happy to give you at least one of my tips. I say you give me five of your tips. Okay, great. So okay. one of the tips I say with barbecues, because I've been to a lot of barbecues, I've barbecued for people. And one thing that I noticed that people who are like, raring to go with the barbecue. They want to get the meat on the, on the grill. They just want to do it and get it out to their guest. is they don't let the meat rest. Let your meat rest under tin foil foil for about five to 10 minutes after you take it off the grill. That's one of my tips. Can I add to that tip? Yeah, please. A corral. I mean, a corollary is not the right. It's, it's a related tip. It's a yeah, related sure. It's before you let it rest. There's another thing in that same uh, neighborhood sure. that I've seen people do. Uh, it, there's, a, there's an old saying, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. And uh, what that means is let the barbecue do some work rather yeah. than opening it over and over again and checking. Sure. Uh, and th that'll get to, 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 to what, what I wanted to talk about. But the idea is to, to kind of get to know your grill inside out. Yes. So you can sense, you know, you can sense based on how much smoke is coming out, based on how much time, based on smell, you get an idea. I mean, that's what you get on your stovetop, you know, with rice. People are always like, well, how do you know when the rice is done? Because if anybody, God forbid, somebody lifts the pot off my rice when my bus might right. be steaming, you're out of there, buddy. You're sure. out of there. You go and you live in a goddamn tree. I don't care where you go, but you don't live in this house anymore. So, um, I, you know, it's the same thing with the grill. Over time, you get to know your grill. Yes. And ideally, you are not 
lifting up the cover over and over and over no. again, interrupting cooking times. So anyway, hundred percent. I thought I'd that too. Yeah. All right. You're having people over for a barbecue. You're raring to go. You've gone and bought the meats or the things you're going to throw on the barbecue. Tip number two, prepare your barbecue the day before. Clean that grill, get it ready, make the workspace, make sure there's no raccoons hiding, you know, next to your your tank, your propane tank. Get that area ready. So when you're ready to go on barbecue day, you don't have to worry about any of that. Clean the crud off your off your grill, make it look shiny, do what you need to do to have your barbecue ready so you don't have to do it the day that you're barbecuing. Buddy, I could not agree with that tip more. Nothing, nothing says amateurish to me more than somebody starting their grill up and then going, oh man, I don't have, uh, I don't have enough propane. (laughs) I don't have enough propane in the tank. Uh, I'm just going to go, I'll go get a tank. You're like, what? You're the host. You're leaving to get a tank. You couldn't have done some. Do you have that little regard for your guests that you wouldn't do the bare Anyway, I've been there many times watching somebody take off or ask for a ride to go get a tank. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm three drinks in, thought I'd be eating now. Instead, I'm driving somebody to the uh, to the, the local entire, corner yeah. store yeah, to get more propane. Anyway, absolutely right. Number two is a banger. Now, number three goes not just for the people who are hosting the barbecue, but for you as a guest. Keep your kids away from the barbecue area. Make a perimeter around there where the kids aren't going to come and interfere with the griller, with the grill chef. Because this person has heat, flame, skewers, knives, flippers, all these things that they have to be taking account for. And you don't want kids running by, touching a hot stove, getting too close or whatnot. So the responsibility, if you have kids at a barbecue, is that you make them aware that there's a perimeter around the barbecue that you want to keep, they cannot cross. Yeah. And if they do, you show them your flippers right in their face, huh? Boom, flip. When you say flippers, what are you talking about exactly? I'm talking about like, you you know, about the, the, the spatula, the tongs, whatever the you spatula. use to flip. Okay, good, yeah. Good. I thought you had friends who were mermaids and mermen for sure. a second. Huh? Just the human beings with flippers. I was like, yeah. oh, that's weird. It's not, it's not weird. I shouldn't say that. I judge nobody. Everybody's got a different thing. huh? We all got weird growths on our body. Look, but you, yeah, got, 15, you got 15 kids. So I do. So, so how do you keep them aware of the barbecue what? area? One of your flippers stays in the fire at all times. <laughs> And then when they come close, you go, you want this? You want this? And then they never come close again. You never do anything, but you just, you position yourself as a man possibly crazy enough to do something insane. And the kids, they take an early hint. That's the way I've been parenting. And, uh, you know, so far so good. I don't know about that. Anyway. (laughs) All right. This might be controversial, and this is where I really look to you to correct me if this does not make make sense. Number four, put your vegetables on a skewer so they don't fall into the grill the grill uh, slots, Great. and cut sure. them the same size if you're cutting your vegetables so that they grill at the same time, so that you don't have big chunks of one uh, veg. And, and smaller tips of another, say asparagus, and they're cooking at different times. You want the, those veg, if you're putting them all on the grill, to cook evenly and make sure they're, they're cooked thoroughly. So one solution, to my opinion, is put them on a skewer, easy to put, easy to flip, and there you go. Okay, are you done your nonsense? Or? I'm done my nonsense. No, you tell me. Not, you tell me. Not nonsense. I'm being, I'm being too harsh, buddy. But I, I will say that for me... You know, and I know everybody loves these vegetable kebabs and vegetable skewers and all that, but you have to have, you have to have some regard for cooking time of each vegetable. Yes. So if you have a chunk of carrot and a chunk of zucchini on the same grill and you're looking for some softness to that carrot, guess what? You're going to have a shriveled up, tiny, disgusting, like a, you know, dollar coin looking zucchini chunk by the time that carrot's where you want it to be. So that is why peppers, mushrooms, zucchinis often go together, little slivers of onion. Sure. Why? Because they all have similar cooking times. And if you have denser stuff, stuff that takes more time, let's say cubes of, I don't know what, eggplant takes potato. longer. Potato takes longer. Sweet potato, these root vegetables sure. that you might put on, right? So you have to keep that in mind. That was just one little caveat there. And, and my favorite thing is to keep 
um, all the vegetables all on the same skewer. So asparagus, I was going to say asparagus skewers, not to confuse anybody. That's the, you know, this, the chunks, uh, the spears of asparagus and the, and the, the pieces of it all on one skewer, two skewers. I really like that. Yeah. I also like, I also like double skewering. Okay. Yes, of course. Yes. You do. Okay. Cause a lot of people do the one skewer, then you lift it up. And once something is cooked and shrank, it it's turning at a different speed around the skewer. And you're, uh, you know, I have a life to live here. I'm spending time like quarter turning a red pepper and a half turning a mushroom. It's, it's too much. If you double skewer, I mean, what a, what a world you've created for yourself. It, it grills on one side, you flip both skewers over at the same time and the other side grills. That's, that's, that's how I love to do it. That's the ideal situation for me. What about blanching vegetables? I was looking something over, they said certain vegetables blanch them before you barbecue them. Like yeah, carrots. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great, I mean, you want to talk about a pre-barbecue prep, yeah. fantastic plan. All right. Number five, let it sit. Don't be a flip flopper, flip flopper. Let your food stay in one spot for a while so that caramelization can happen. Don't keep flipping. I've been to barbecues where it's like, I'll watch the barbecue person, the chef there, and they're flipping it back and forth. Flip flop, flip flop. It's like, let it sit. Stop playing with the food. I know you want to be the, the hero behind the barbecue, but you're making things worse, especially when you spend good money on certain cuts of meat. Let them sit, let them caramelize, let the barbecue do the work. You flipping it isn't going to make it taste better. In fact, it's going to do the opposite. No, yeah, in, in fact, and, and I think this has become basically common knowledge now, but but every once in a while, you meet that guy yeah. who's flipped the steak 40 times and then they're like, good steak, huh? And you're like, not as good as the leather belt I ate yesterday, but still pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's a nightmare, man. It's a nightmare. Look. It, at the end of the day, it's a juice and moisture issue. Every time sure. you flip, moisture is running off and you're drying it and you're drying it and you're drying it. And so if you want something that's grilled and still retains its moisture, the idea is, yeah, don't don't flip, obviously. So for someone who doesn't get that, how long should a piece of meat stay before you actually flip it on the grill? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, for so, for somebody who doesn't get that, how long do you wait until you slap them in the back of the head and go, hey, stop flipping? I thought, because that is another, that's a whole other discussion. Sure. It's not your party. It's somebody else. You don't want to look like an arrogant yeah. guest. But at the same time, how long do you stand there as an innocent bystander and let these crimes against meat happen? You know what I mean? It's a tough, it's a tough thing. Um I think there, my only solution to that maybe is a delicate way of like a little tap on the shoulder and be like, listen, yeah, you know, I've spent a lot of years doing this. Can I just give you a small piece of advice? No disrespect. You never know. You never know how those things are going to go. But um, uh, what was your question? I got it was riled cooking up time. Stuff. Like, so, you know, we're going to have people listen and say, okay, Mark Ellie said, don't flip it. At a certain point, you do have to flip it. And I think oh, it yeah. goes back to a couple things you said as well. Know your grill. Know how your barbecue works and how fast or how hot it gets. Yeah. Uh, be aware of that. And, you know, use your senses. You've got, you've got your six senses or your five senses. Use them when you're barbecuing. Smell, sight, touch. All those things can be helpful when you're barbecuing, right? Yeah. Uh, so you know who else you should know? You should know your butcher. You should oh. know your butcher. I mean, I think, you know, that that's a little bit of an elitist thing. Not everybody has that ability to be like, no butcher. I go into like a no-name grocery store and I pick what's on sale sure. out of the thing, right? And I, and I don't mean to be um, dismissive of that. But a couple of conversations throughout the year with a butcher – Hey, this is what I'm buying. How do you recommend I do it for medium? And they, you know, they have these little tricks. Like they tell you this, there's this trick about like the inside of the palm of your hand. If you squeeze it together, when the meat feels this texture, that's when it's a medium. And it's, it's worthy of, you know, it's, it's time worthy of conversations. You know, I have a friend, Lenny, who's a comedian and we call him Lenny, the butcher, um, his father was a butcher. He's a butcher. The guy's a, just a, a, a treasure trove yeah. of, of different tips and tricks. And, you know, you deserve to know those. Why not? Why shouldn't you know about those? Why should you play a guessing game with, as Marco said, stuff you spend good money on? So yeah. talk to people, look up videos, and, you know, and, and videos, you know, YouTube video, cooking videos. It's like finding a therapist. Like the first one is not going to click. 
The no. odds against that happening are low. Find the person who does what you do, uh, who does something they do in a way that you understand best. And and I the best example for me is years ago when I looked up lobster, breaking apart a lobster. Yes. And you know, some people go, they speed through it because they're like, hey, you get it. I get it. We all get it here. And I'm like, no, I don't get Why did you do that? Why did you do And one British dude, and you know, I'm weary of... Uh, you know, complimenting the British too much, Marco, Listen, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it here. I, I don't know if we should. Don't set a precedent. You don't, you can't keep my friend. <laughs> Listen, you know me and the French. I don't start that precedent. So if you no, want to go. I hear you. I hear you. But Brits. one British guy explained it in a way, because I don't have lobster in the house that often. But right? so you're from New Brunswick. That should be inherent knowledge. Born you should have been born. Left when I was two years doesn't old. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're going to put that in your thick head. In in the Maritimes, they don't give kids teething rings. What they give them is a lobster, lobster claw. claw. Sure they do. Sure they do. Let's spread those rumors about yeah. Canada. Um, I just don't have lobster that often. So again, it's like, what's the best way to do this? Anyway, this one British For a wealthy man like you, for a wealthy man like you, I would expect caviar lobster all the time. I'm I'm surrounded by peasants, Marco, (laughs) and these family members who are like, I guess I'll have a piece. A piece? Get out of here. Um, But you were saying, Yeah, one guy explained it in a way that I've remembered for five, six years now. I don't have to go back to that video. I couldn't find it if I wanted to, but he just explained it in such a way. And, uh, you know, the, the, the filming was in such a way that I could see him from the waist up, but I saw where his hands were and how he was. And I just love it. So this is my advice is, you know, find these YouTube tutorials, find these videos that, that really connect with you and how you learn and how you, uh, how you like to cook and, and, and it's worth it. You know, get, you get some, get some quick, uh, what do you call them? Get some, uh, fast hacks. 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 Yeah. yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, should I continue or do you want to step you in? Continue this okay. And I go in at the end. All right. All right. Here we go. So much like, uh, I think, I think, um, item number two, we're at number six now where I said, prep your barbecue before the day before prep your barbecue the day of have your salt, your pepper, your sauces, your utensils, at the grill before the meat comes out, before the meat even goes near the grill, have your workstation ready to go. Because the last thing you want to do is put the meat on and you need the salt or the sauce and you're waiting for someone to bring it from inside to outside and people are talking and nobody brings it in. And, and then the then your meat hasn't received the accoutrements it deserves at the right time. I love it. Yeah. So much respect for the meat. Good for you. Another tip, and once again, it goes to if you have kids at the barbecue, get the kids done first. Cook whatever you're making for the kids first. Get that out of the way so you can really enjoy your time cooking the better cuts of meat for the adults. You can enjoy your time. You don't have to be chained to the grill. You can cook for the adults and then sit with them because the kids have been taken care of. Great. Number eight. Don't try to do too much. You know, nothing spoils a barbecue more than if you have a million cuts of meat and you're trying to figure things out and you're putting them on the top level and you can't handle it because you've got a lot of guests. Stick to the few things you can do well and do them right. Don't try to reinvent the barbecue wheel. I couldn't agree more. And the tip that I was going to give is really yeah. rooted in, in, in the, not rooted, but connected to what you're saying there. Yeah. All right, what number else? nine. Nine, here we go. If you want to be a barbecue hero, if you want to really make an impression with your barbecue and you have guests over, don't forget to grill dessert. Whoa, he's you, a BBQ hero. He's got stars in his eyes. Grill dessert. Listen to you, buddy. You don't have to go out and buy a key lime pie. Or make a cake. All you need is some grilling fruit. Grill some peaches. Grill some pineapples. Add vanilla ice cream. Get those char marks on the dessert. If you want to be fancy, make a syrup or a compote hours before. And then you've got the grilled fruit, the ice cream, and people can drizzle whatever syrups or compote on that dessert as if it was, you know, condiments that you'd put on meat and you'll be the hero because you made a grilled dessert. 
I agree that that would be heroic. You know, it's even better. Yeah. Uh, leave that tandoori chicken that you, you know, those those crumbs of the chicken, those hardened bits on the grill, and then, then that's part of the dessert, huh? Listen, a little savory okay, no. doesn't hurt anyone. No, no, I don't think that's actually not a genuine idea, but um, clean your grill. Yeah. Start fresh. Get the fruit on, I think is great. And I, for me, I mean, I, I honestly think ice cream brings that to the to the next level of heroism. You know, that grilled peaches with ice cream or grilled pineapple with ice cream. I think that over a syrup or a compote for me, two, three different ice cream flavors. I'm, I'm in, a, we're in a good place. There you I go. I feel like I've done my job as a host. My last tip, this might seem obvious, but I know a lot of people who don't. Stay hydrated if you are the grill mm-hmm. chef. If you're in front of that grill, make sure you have plenty of water and you assign someone to make sure that your water is always full. Very nice. Very nice. So that last tip actually touches on how I wanted to start talking about this, uh, this subject. Great. Uh, I don't like grilling that much. Oh, if you can believe that. Yeah. There are aspects of it. I really like, there are times when I enjoy it in general, 35 degrees and I'm roasting outside and then you put a 650 degree grill in front of my face. Yeah. It's not my thing because of the way I sweat, because I used to be a caterer because of how many times I was just the guy who knew what he was doing uh, compared to my friends. That is, you know, put in front of a grill. It's the, you know, it's like, and I've told you this before, there's that saying, Le cordonnier le plus mal chaussé. The, the shoemaker always with the worst shoes, right? Right, I, right, right. When it comes to food, I was never that way. Okay. I was never that way. I would, I could cook for 150 people and I would go home and I would still make something good for myself. I would sure. still, you know, uh, respect my palate. When it comes to grilling, I think because I was forced to grill and there's a lot of times where, you know, it's like... You are sweating down every part of your body. I got no hair. It's all running right. right down. And I'm looking around for anybody. Like, guys, anybody else want to get on the grill? Right. Oh, sorry, bro. My hand's full. Oh, sorry, bro. Right. I'm too wasted, bro. I can't. And I think those moments kind of ruined it for me. Between the heat and the <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the the history, the traumatic history, trauma in quotes, right. of, um, of barbecuing, I don't always enjoy it. Wow. That's it. That's Baby, it. you were born to grill. I know, man. I, I will say this. You get me. I'll go buy a lamb. I will spend an hour making the marinade for that lamb. I will massage it into that lamb and I will take care of it. I will make room in my fridge, throw other things out so that lamb can go in and it will, it will marinate for 24 hours and then you come over to my house and you please be at the grill. That's how I look at it. Right. It's the actual act of grilling. And it's mainly because of the heat, which I don't like. That's it. This is my big tip. Okay. And it's a, it's a big broad one. Sure. And it, it's, it's, yes, it's for people who are just getting back into the grilling season, but it's also for anybody who takes some time off from grilling. My suggestion is always start slow. Start slow and easy. Right. Take a jog around the barbecue track a couple of times. I love it. What do I mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean? First time out, after a while, you stick to hot dogs and hamburgers. Okay. Or whatever your basics are. Sure. Stick to your basics and then build on your basics. Okay. So first time out, it's hot dogs and hamburgers. Let's say second time out, it's hot dogs and hamburgers. Third time out, it's hot dogs, hamburgers. But what do you do? You make a chimichurri sauce, obviously from scratch, to go onto your burgers. Now you have like Argentinian flavored burgers, right? Fifth time out, you swap out those hot dogs for some sausage. And what do you do with the sausage? You buy these larger buns. You have this, you make your own relish at home. Jalapeno, pickle, corn relish. Sure. Right? And, and and with onions in it, this guy. Now, why do you do that? Why, why, why do I say that? It goes to what you said about people doing too much and, and over, what's the word? It's not overstaying their welcome, overstepping their boundaries. Sure. And the way to actually push your own boundaries 
is, you know, and I, I think I've told you about this, Marco, you know, I've had stylists in the past because people look at me and go, we can't have him on TV looking right. like that. So these networks will hire a stylist for me so that the conventional wisdom that stylists have fashion, fashion styles is you go with what you're comfortable with and you push 10% out of your right. comfort zone. Right. And that I have applied to food. When I talk to people about that, I just love that idea. Because otherwise, what you do is you get stuck. You're the person who has a repertoire of eight things total for the rest of your life, or 10 things, or right. 12 things. Right. But when it's a party, all of a sudden you're trying to do a bunch of things and a bunch of things flop. Why? Because you don't have those, you don't have those gears, you don't have those that know-how. You watched a video, but you never did it. But like when you start slow and slowly build and build yes. and build, I'm a huge fan of that way of, of, of cooking. And then within a month of grilling, a couple months of grilling, you're making all kinds of amazing things. Now you're buying a fish grate. You're, you're putting like a herb pesto and lemon inside a massive red snapper and you're grilling that and you're feeling comfortable about it because you grew to it. Otherwise, if you go from zero to full fish head on, you can you can picture the the results. You can make a mess after. and no one's happy. And, and for no for those listeners who, you know, aren't as bougie as Ali, who don't have personal stylists, uh, you know, at their at their fingertips, you know, what he's saying here in layman's term is, you know, <laughs> start off slow and steady to win the race and I start said that. You're like, listen, I don't leave the house unless my stylist approves. They pick from, no, this you is know. only when I'm going to be on television. Let me clarify. I like that you're making me seem like a horrible ass of a person. I'm here trying to help the people. Okay. Oh my goodness. And you turned the people. It. What are you, Marie Antoinette? Off with their heads. All right. You, go had, go, go, go. you had 10 tips that help the people. I too okay. like to say something helpful. I just think you really, you know, people bite off more than they, they can yes. chew no, a you're lot. Right. And it's very natural to do it, but it feels awful when you do it, especially as you, when you're the host of a party and you're like, oh, you know, like you shouldn't be apologizing as a host. You, now you have like three or four, sorry, the ice cream melted. I didn't realize. And sorry, I, this, I was supposed to do this. And sorry, I, I, I thought the fruit would be ripe and it isn't. And sorry, you don't want to be that person. No, you don't want to be that person. You want to comfortably stand in your truth in front of a, a, a barbecue and you want to be like, hey, listen. I never grilled pineapple in my life. The other day I grilled pineapple. Today I'm making a grilled pineapple salsa, right? Yep. Next week I'm putting that same pineapple, but I'm adding peaches. I'm adding a couple of other things. And now we have this crazy dessert that we've made. We've made a grilled fruit compote or clafouti or whatever the sure. French love making, right? Um, so that's my biggest tip. If you take time off the barbecue, whether it's a full winter, sure. whether it's a month or two, um, some of our friends, some of our listeners live in Arizona, right? Yeah. Like it's not super grilling friendly when it's, you know, over a hundred or, you know, over 40 degrees uh, Celsius. It's not a fun time. So when you come back to it, I always recommend a return to your roots. However boring you might find it, I think it pays off in dividends. Agreed. Agreed, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Start with some corn. Basic. Love it. Then, then, uh, that, you know, the, the thing I was telling you about, like a corn relish and then a charred corn salad, all these different grilled vegetables and a salad with a Dijon vinaigrette, like I couldn't have made this a month ago, but because I built up to it, this seems like pretty, pretty cash. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way I look at it. And then there's another thing that you didn't mention in your tips. Oh, snap. Okay. Which is a side thing. No. And, and I'm, I'm certain you're aware of it. I, I know you are because you've talked about this in the past. It's um, something I've seen many times, which is people take meat. Yeah. Out of the fridge and take it to the grill. Yep. Dudes, friends, pals. Okay, great. I'm glad you're mentioning this. You got to take some time. You got to yeah. take some time. Just like Marco said, you let the meat rest at the end. The before is also important. And at least, I mean, this all depends on the size of the meat and the cut and all that, but at least a half an hour to an hour in your kitchen, trying to get it down close to room temperature. Yes. Otherwise you are overcooking the outside yep. and then getting like a, still a cool middle in the, in the meat. It's uh, again, it all boils down to, 
we're children of immigrants. We don't like to waste money. We don't like to see you waste money. And at the end of the day, you are, you are, you know, you are squandering your hard earned money when you could have made it go the distance. You are not making frozen pizza from the freezer to the stove. This is a barbecue. You need to let that meat get out of its frozen or very cold status to something closer to room temperature for it to cook properly on the barbecue. Thank you for mentioning that, my friend. I love it. I I had that written and then it was like, I don't know how, if I I should explain this right. And I'm glad you went with that. I'm so, I'm so pleased. I'm here for you, buddy. There you go. Um, Last couple of reminders from me. Uh, When I say reminders, just a couple of like great tips, maybe things you're not thinking about. Um, A cucumber salad, fantastic in the summer, just shaved cucumber slices with a little sugar, salt, and then uh, rice wine vinegar. This is a Korean style of making cucumbers. That's great. That's a great addition to, again, burgers, hot dogs, or a great addition to a huge vegetable vegan spread. It's terrific. The other thing I mentioned, the pineapple. I love mango salsa. I love pineapple salsa. And I especially love them because they're a great complement to West Indian flavors. And I'm really big on like jerk shrimp or, um, or, you know, just a, a scotch bonnet type of rub on some kind of meat or it's always great. And, um, and, and pineapple and mango are great not to be forgotten when it comes to salsas. And finally that chimichurri, let me go back there and, and, and go remind back, people, my friend, go back. Yeah. You, you know, it, it doesn't start and end at ketchup. In fact, my mother, my mother. God bless her. My wife, that's no good for anybody. Everybody lost when I just called my mother, my, my wife, my mother. Uh, my wife will tell you that I'm, you know, a fascist dictator in the kitchen. But I agree with her. The only, <laughs> the only ketchup we have is on those rare occasions that we order some, you know, fries from somewhere. The 10 packs that we get, they sit in the fridge. But I, I just can't. I don't know, man. I can't do I can't do bottled salad dressings. There's just no reason for it. And ketchup, I just watch too many kids eat uh instead of um fries with ketchup, they ate ketchup with fries. Fries. Right? An equal amount of ketchup as there is fry going in their mouth. And I don't know, long term, I'm like, this is this is not you're not gonna be able to taste good natural flavors or appreciate them anyway sure as the years go on so i just uh, i i drew that line but what but what if your valet wants ketchup (laughs) what do you do in your mansion when your valet comes to you and says i'd like a little ketchup sir i'll tell you what i'll tell you what if you're eating outside in your orchard yes at that point, you can have a little bit of ketchup. Okay. Okay. You call it tomato chutney. You don't call it ketchup. You okay. call it tomato chutney mm-hmm. when you're surrounded by your property. And of course, if it's less than 10 acres, don't even, don't even call us. Don't right. even talk to us. We don't have anything to do with you. But when you're sitting on your acreage and, uh, and you have your ranch and you're, you know, you're, you're feeding your, uh, you know, borderline extinct, uh, pets. Sure. At that point, you can have a tomato chutney that's okay. actually fair enough. Up. Yeah, fair enough. I'll play your game. I'll play All your right. game. All right. Hey, listen, listen. Um, uh, do you have more tips here, or shall I go into what happens when you're a guest at a barbecue? Oh, you still got a whole guest. I flip. just got a Let's couple. I got a couple more things Great. here, and I've got the purple perfect barbecue cocktail. Awesome. Uh, for people who are having a barbecue. All right. So if you're a guest, always bring something. It doesn't matter what you need to bring something. You're a guest. But that doesn't exclude you from bringing something to the party. Um, If you have dietary needs, don't expect your hosts to necessarily go out of their way to make sure that you get a Please listen to what this man is saying. Please. Bring your own. So many times. Because what happens. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what happens. Tell me. What happens is when you get deep into your own lifestyle and your regimen, there's this thing about like, on one hand, I don't want to be a problem. Right. Uh, and then there's this other thing where it's like, I'm sure I'll be fine. Both those things are not true. Right. You are being a problem by showing up to a meat eater's home and saying, do you guys have anything vegan? Yeah. Um, do you have this without cheese? Do you have this without that? Do you have this? Uh, look, if you listen to this show, you know that 
veganism is my favorite way of living. I struggle with it. I don't do sure. a good job at it. But six days a week, when I was six days a week vegan and eating meat once a week, I was the happiest ever. I felt yes. the best. So I, this is by no means a slag on vegans. But yes, please, Marco, sing it from the, the foothills. Take some food along, yeah. not just for yourself, but for your kids. If they're yes. picky eaters, bring that food. What do you want from these hosts? Think about how much the host is already doing for yeah. everybody. And they don't know your world. They don't, dude, my mother who loved me, my in-laws who loved me, my, they couldn't even figure out vegan. We're like, they're like, well, what about milk? Is milk okay? No, milk is, can you read something? Can right. you read one web page? about what a vegan diet is. They wouldn't even do that. So why are you expecting this for people who are just like sort of friends or acquaintances or colleagues? It's not going to happen. People aren't going to have this deep understanding. If they do, great, but don't count on that. No, don't count on it. Bring your own thing. Even if it's just like you said, you're vegan or you're you're not eating milk, bring your own vegan cheese, give it to them. They'll slap it on your burger. Everyone's happy. They want to see you happy. You want to be happy. And like you said, the last thing you want to do is have people scrambling to figure out what they have in their pantry or their fridge that they can feed you. Another, uh, you know, a side, side thing there. I saw a guy once who we were in Kelowna a couple of years ago to barbecue. He brought these vegan hot dogs. He was a vegan. I, I had never really done that yet. At that point, he brought these vegan hot dogs he brought like a pack of 12. No one had ever seen it before. It was some pretty high-end vegan hot dogs. Sure. And uh, he brought some black bean burgers and stuff. He knew he was going to have like one or two burgers, one or two dogs. The rest was for the party. Yeah. And people were like, what is that? And just because it was sort of more open-minded people, he wound up getting four people, five people to try, you know, once they'd had their meat burger obviously sure. these people weren't like you know the most open-minded people in the world but they were like i'll try that if you don't mind he's like go ahead knock yourself out and i had a, a vegan dog because i was telling him you know i got ruined early on there was this brand in quebec i won't mention it but it was really like this is sawdust we're basically eating sawdust here this is the worst thing i can't believe a vegan dog it just shouldn't be allowed on the shelf right and uh, he goes, man, they've come a long way. They've come a really long way. These really aren't bad. I'm not going to tell you they taste like a hot dog. Right. Right away, points for that guy. Uh, I'm not going to tell you they do, but they're pretty good. Had one. It was great. And there great. you go. And what a right? generous so guest. Yeah. What a generous guest to say, you know what? I'm going to bring more for people who might want to try it. So they're not looking at me saying, oh, I'd love to know what that tastes like. And you're giving bits of your whatever to them. Uh, that's really lovely. Um, I want to also say, say this, if you're making a salad for the party that you're going to make more than you expect, Oh yeah. if they tell you there's going to be five people at the barbecue, expect neighbors to come by, expect people to bring unexpected guests, just make more of whatever you're bringing is what I have to say there. Sure. Sure. In catering, it was always an extra 10%. Yep. Hey, am I back at the 10% you figure are. again? I am. I've always loved it for a reason. And that's why you, you just, you know, I, I love that you said neighbors. That's great. Sure. That's actually the most ideal situation. A lot of times people just bring this, you know, basically baggage of human beings with them and the host is left going, oh, okay. When I invited you, I didn't know I was inviting four other friends. No, but yeah. you know, Jimmy, don't you? Like, right. yeah, but I don't, I didn't count for him. So anyway, be that host that, you know, thank God you brought you know, double the amount or what exactly. 50% more pasta salad than we needed and this and that. You're you're great. Thank you so much. My last tip, you want to be a good guest, call or text the next day and tell them how much you appreciated oh, the barbecue. Such they a did. good tip. There you such go. a good tip. Such a good tip. We celebrated my eldest's birthday last weekend. Still getting the calls. Isn't that Still wonderful? Still getting the calls. And uh, you know, Part of me is like, come on, it wasn't that good. Like it was, but, but I think it's just people who are like, they saw an effort was made. And cause I think my wife was telling people like, I told him to order pizza. I told him we would just order pizza and then it would be fine. And I'm like, you can't, I co-host a podcast called this podcast is delicious. I have like 20 years of cooking experience. Right. You can't like, what an embarrassment to the guests. You know, we can't do that. They, 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 they will have some expectations when they show up. One last tip. Yes, please. Yes. One last tip. Consider carefully 
before you ask a host for a recipe for something they made. What I mean by that is, if you know yourself and you're not going to make it, don't make that host waste their time telling you how they no. made something. Okay. And I'm, I'm speaking as a guy who's made a lot of great dishes in sure. his life, very happy to say, yes. and has wasted a lot of time. Probably 75% of people who have asked me, and you, it's, it's hard to say in the moment that they won't. I don't right. know that they won't. They are super passionate. So, so I had to devise a trick. Oh. So many people I would follow up with later, uh, or they would just tell me like, oh yeah, that was so good. I remember, do you have the recipe? And I'm like, I gave you the recipe that night. You wrote it down. You said you're going to, anyway. So my trick is this. It's very, it's for, for people who make things and have their own recipes of stuff that they have a lot of pride in. I say, you know what? You message me tomorrow and you ask me for it and I'll give it to you. Great. Right? Because sometimes, yeah. honestly, people are just trying to make conversation. Of course. Of course. And they just want to tell you how much they appreciate it. And sometimes their way of telling you how to appreciate it is some bullshit compliment that they don't realize how how much effort it goes on your part to deal with them asking you for the recipe. Totally. It's a lot. Some, some of the stuff I make is a lot of details, right? And I'm going through it and I'm passionate. I'm, sure. I'm trying to be as generous with this recipe yeah. as I can. And then later you're like, well, that was a waste of time three times that night or whatever it was. It just gets tiring after a while. So anyway, little tip for you hosts or you people who love the stuff you make and take pride in it, ask them to message you the next day or the next week and you'll definitely email it to them. Save yourself the conversation. And you know what? Three times out of four, you're not getting that call. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Before we end, the perfect cocktail to bring to a barbecue is not what you might expect, Ali. You might think I'm going to say, bring a bottle of vodka, a jigger, some passion fruit. No. <laughs> Let's keep a barbecue simple. The I, I, if you thought I was going to say passion fruit, you're obviously, number one, you're allergic to it. So yes. you think I only think about murdering you, yes, which is sad. I do. I do. And number two, uh, dude, that's like the last thing on my list of things I'm bringing to up somebody's house for a drink. But anyway, okay. Yeah. So I'm not saying any of those. No. I have my couple of hot, hot ones, but you tell me what this is. What's the it, best one? Here's the best one. It's simple. The lemonade shandy. Half beer? Half homemade lemonade. Don't use the little crystal-y packages. Don't use the lemonade uh, pop or, or soda. M grab yourself five to eight lemons. Squeeze yourself about a cup of lemon juice. One, one cup of water with one and a quarter cups of granulated sugar. Boil it till the sugar is done. done. You've, made a, you've made a syrup. Then... You put the syrup, the lemon juice, and add another five cups of water to it. This is a, a lemonade recipe that I've gotten from the spruceeats.com. It never fails. You've got six cups of lemonade. Those six cups, you put, you put the you put ice in a glass. Fill the glass half with lemonade. Then pour half a lager into that glass. And you've got a wonderful drink. You can enjoy the entire barbecue. You're not going to get sloshed. It's going to be a slow and steady, wonderful buzz because you're, you're halving it with lemonade. The lemonade is going to act like a Gatorade, electrolytes. You're getting all the benefits of alcohol, nourishment, refreshment, lemon. Life is beautiful. I feel like I feel seen. I feel like you're talking directly to me, not because I love the idea of that drink, but I do love the idea of not drinking too much too early. Yeah. Often my self-control goes out the window after the first beer and the conversation in the sun. So anything that still gives you enjoyment and cuts your, you know, the problem is I love the taste of beer more than love the taste of beer and lemonade. But um, you're touching on something that I really like, which is, hey, you, you made some real effort at home. Yeah. You didn't you didn't stop by the drugstore no. and pick up three bags of chips, which also, you know, some people gotta do it. That's what you do. Sure. But man, when you can put in your own effort, hey, we we bake this cake for yeah. the party. If you want to serve it today, great. If not, don't worry about it, but we bake this. You baked a cake for my party. Amazing. You put in time and effort for this party. Sure. Same thing goes for this lemonade you made this lemonade you you hand squeeze this lemonade you tell me this is fresh what a great feeling for a host 
to have somebody who put in some effort. We made this dip. We made this, um, you know, uh, what do you call that? Like the five, five, five layer dip, you yes. know, salsa, guacamole. So sure. when I see people do that, bring it. And sometimes you're like, uh, that doesn't fit at all with the theme of this. And yet you're all right. You yeah. are all right. That yeah. is fantastic. The only yeah. thing I didn't say is strain the lemon juice so that you get the seeds and the pulp out. But otherwise, it's golden, my friends. You know, on a hot day, and for you who doesn't like, like you know, you you like your beer and you don't necessarily love the lemonade in it, change it, change the amounts. Do a quarter lemonade and the rest mm-hmm. beer. But like you know, it's it's refreshing. It's fun. It's it's barbecue. You know. Yeah, it is. I think you take that lemonade out of the guy's hand. Marco being yes. the guy in this case, and you just add a bunch of vodka to it, and you go, "Thank you, Marco." There you go, and you teach them a lesson for bringing lemonade to a party. No, no, I think it's an amazing uh, idea. I think I probably would mix it with some liquor at some point, um, more than I'd uh, mix it with beer. Um, one of the be- one of the best gifts I brought to a to a barbecue. And this is because the barbecue was also being catered and sure. I knew they were spending some money on it. Normally a two, four is pretty pricey in Canada. Right. A two, and so it's a brand called harp. And I bought harp because my friend's name is harp. Sure. It was at his place. So I just got a two, four of harp. And even at the liquor store, the guy was like, Ugh, don't see people ordering two fours of this too often. Right. Like I was like, I know it's a little bit of a higher end beer and, 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 you know, so, you wind up, even when you're buying 24, it's still about 60 bucks. It's still over two bucks a can. Um, but so what? I probably would have got a $35 cake. There you I go, right? Exactly. You know, I mean, is it really that crazy? I know he's putting money into, you know, it's the Italian style of like, how much is the money cost? Sorry, the wedding cost. And then they put in for their plate. Right. Right. So that right. night I felt like I was putting in for myself and man, it was like, there was just no risk of the beer, you know, like, and it was like the talk of the party in a way, like I'll brought a two, four, like people don't usually do that. And I don't know if I would usually do it, but I enjoyed doing it. And, um, you know, a nice thing to do is also make, bring a bag of ice. Cause that might have yes. to go into a tub yes, or a sink. Because nobody has ever enough ice at a barbecue. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, who haven't figured it out yet, a two, four is what Canadians refer to for a case of 24 beers. We call it a two, four, if you don't call it that where you're from. And I won't explain the cultural references of Italian weddings. I think it's a Canadian thing, a two, four. I didn't know that was not common parlance. My apologies. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I've made myself thirsty and hungry in a massive way. Um, we have our, our sort of our kettle grill, a Weber, you know, charcoal grill, but I'm going to get one of those other grills as well. Probably just from a time perspective, I'm, I'm in the market for another grill. So we might be a double grill family, which is a lot of grills for a guy who doesn't like self-professed, not a lover of barbecuing. But anyway, put my wife and my children on that barbecue. They're the ones who complain. We, We don't barbecue enough. Oh, you will be. There you go. Start them young, start them early and, you know, get that, get that grill, you know, piping hot. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I hope some of these tips, I know that a lot of these tips, some of you pros out there were like, I get it. But I even, you know, I I would have thought like, I know all of Marco's tips, but some great reminders there and, uh, and, um, man, happy grilling, happy grilling, happy grilling indeed, uh, and happy adding as Marco calls them, accoutrements yes. to your grilling. Don't, don't, you know, don't underestimate the value of like a great fresh salsa or a, uh, an amazing handmade, you know, sauerkraut that's like carrots and cabbage or some great coleslaws, stuff like that. It goes so, uh, it goes so far to just adding to the quality of your, your whole barbecue. Indeed. Indeed. You've ever stood around in, in Toronto, Marco, we have those carts, those hot dog carts. Yes. We call them, uh, pejoratively, we call them street meat, although I, I think that's a loving term, but um, road dogs, street meat. So it's, you know, these these fantastic tiny stalls. They have them in New, New York as well. And many of us Torontonians think it's actually better than it is in New York. And I, I think I would have to agree. I okay. love a street dog in Toronto. But one of the things which we may never see again because of COVID, one of the best things was those tiny, you know, plastic containers of, yeah. of, uh, of, um, condiments. Yeah. And 
the more condiments you had, the more likely I was going to go visit you. Even if I wasn't going to use all of them, I'm not really putting bacon bits, simulated bacon bits on my hot dog, but just that you have them makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. The more you have, the more I respect your hot dog card. It's like, this person cares. They have horseradish. I need horseradish. horseradish. I didn't know before I came here that I needed (laughs) horseradish on my dog, but I need horseradish. Absolutely. So uh, anyway, I hope you're able to live it up and we will talk more about grilling and probably specific episodes uh, will focus on specific dishes as we go through the summer. Besides that, I mentioned this last time, Marco, we have connected with Suresh Doss. Look this man up, uh, food writer. Uh, food enthusiast doesn't even come close to to, to, to to saying what he is. He's a food tour guide, and Marco and I are going to hit the road with him uh, in the very near future. Beverly Crandon is a uh, wine enthusiast, uh, you know, about to be a, a high-level sommelier. A wine expert. A wine, wine expert. expert. Yeah. Expert. I want, we're all enthusiasts. No, no, but sake. I mean like. Expert's the right word. A wine tactician. Oh, Yeah. You know, because here's someone who can pair the perfect wine with anything you throw their way. The things you don't expect you can pair wine with or the things you've been told that you don't put wine with. Stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say. Stay exactly. Tuned. And some other great guests coming up. In case you were like Marco and Ali don't talk enough and they really need a third person yeah. in there to join their uh, chorus of voices, uh, we've got that for you. We've we got do. that for you. But as you know, we will typically pull back a little bit when we have guests because we have such fantastic guests. Uh, you can go back and watch the Bob Bloomer uh, watch with I your watch. ears, watch with your Listen. ears. Yeah. yeah, watch with your ears. The Bob Bloomer episode, that was a two-parter because of uh, what a wealth of knowledge that man is and a wealth of a variety of experiences, life experiences. Fantastic guy. I would definitely recommend you uh, you check out the Bob Bloomer article. Article. What am I doing? Episode. Man. I know. Watch Someone get a shandy in this guy. Someone get <laughs> Where's your stylist? To ask okay. your stylist to bring over something to drink. Listen, I'll tell you what's happening. I'll tell you what's happening. I don't like to share this with the audience. Oh, no. I know the audience thinks I'm sitting on my acreage right. in my um you know in my orchard. But uh guys, I am uh I am sweating to death in a closet right now. <laughs> he is, he's in his I am closet. In a, I'm in a closet. Now it's a walk-in. Okay. Yeah, what's beautiful? So, like no, I see I right. see the wardrobe behind you, Chanel. That's my wife. She does not care about these things. Okay. But uh, it is so hot in here that the words watch, listen, episode, uh, whatever else I've mixed up, it's all a blur. And uh, yeah, I am getting pretty sweaty in here. You know what? Let's, for for his safety alone, we want to have him (laughs) next week. Let's end this episode. Ali, thank you so much for taking us down Barbecue Lane. You know, I like going hand in hand with you. Um, And thank you for listening. Please, if you haven't already, and I know some of you listening haven't, give us a four-star review. Tell your friends about our podcast. Share it on social media. Let's get the word out there so we can have have more delight sharing our food, our love for food and drink for all of you. We sweat for you. We almost pass out for you. We we, we salivate for you. Uh, We hope you have a good time listening to the show. We certainly have a good time doing it. That's it for us, Marco and Ali. We say goodbye to you until we eat and drink again.